2023 stock market predictions. This is the perfect prediction for the stock market this year. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is your place for all things stocks and crypto. From beginner tips to expert picks, use this as fuel for your investing journey. Because when you're in the know, your money will grow. This episode of the Beam Pod is sponsored by KyberSwap. KyberSwap is a DEX and DEX aggregator, which is built to facilitate all your DeFi needs in one single platform. Fast, cheap, and safe. User experience is KyberSwap's sole focus to make everyone's life better in DeFi. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is Shane, aka the Jolly Green Investor. And this is Josh, the Nifty Investor. Today, we're going to be going through our 2023 stock market predictions. Make no mistake about it, we've done a ton of research for this episode. Last year, pretty brutal. It was one of the worst years the stock market has seen in eons. Mm. Will it continue into 2023? Or will we finally see the bull market that, you know, a lot of people are hoping for? You know, I'm sure there's a lot of investors out there who have lost a lot of money. Trillions of dollars has been wiped out of the markets for one reason or another. We've seen high inflation, uh, interest rates, you know, being increased at an all-time high. Uh, We're seeing the housing market starting to slide a bit. You know, what does this year look like? Yeah, and look, I want to make this point really clear. And 2022 is brutal. 2023 might not be much better or it might be worse. But now is not the time to go away from the stock market. You know, like this is the time to research stocks, research sectors of stocks that perform better in the recessions, right? Or, or certain narratives that might play through the stock market. So we're going to go through kind of an overall overview of the market, how it's kind of coming into 2023, things that are going on in the background, like the Fed. And then later in the episode, we'll talk about certain sectors and then certain stock picks that could perform outperform the market in 2023. So make sure to like, subscribe, and listen to the end of this episode. So here's what's important to know right now. During the bull market, as you alluded to previously, it's so easy to pick a stock and watch it ride up. You know, anybody can do it. You know, my gra- like I said, my grandma is fucking yeah, yeah. picking stocks and they're going up. But during the bear market, there's so many more fundamentals, uh, different narratives, you know, inflation, uh, possible recession right now is the time to be doing more homework because it's so much more difficult to play these conditions, yeah. which is what we're here for. Exactly. Not financial advice. Of course. You know, this is our own thesis, our own theories, you know, our own p- hypothesis, but we're trying to bring you guys, the listeners and the viewers, the best possible information out there. For sure. So let's just take a little step back, a zoom out, a big picture, where we are right now. It's always important to look back at previous times that things that in the market are happening decades ago, right? So when you look at recessions that have happened over the last century, it's important to know that they don't just, it's not just like a quick dip in a year and then boom, the whole market's back. It is typically a multi-year thing. So here's some stats I pulled up. 1929, before the Great Depression, the S&P minus 15% the first year, minus 25% the second year, and minus 45% the third year. 1939, the pre-war kind of recession, minus 5% first year, minus 13% second year, and minus 18% third year. Same thing, 1973. That's when people keep saying that that was a very inflationary crisis in the 70s, right? Their recession, minus 15 first year, minus 30 second year. And again, for the dot-com bubble, minus 10 the first year, minus 13 the second year, and minus 25% the third year. And the reason I'm reading these stats is just to give you an idea that this is a long-term trend. You know, we're, we're entering 
and we're, we have been in this period now for about a year. So don't be fooled by bull market rallies because we're, or sorry, bear market rallies. We're in a bear market. We may see another year, possibly a year and a half up to two years of this downwards, you know, vol- not lack of volume, just boring stock market trend. So just try to keep those stats in your mind moving forward. But there is light at the end of the tunnel because we kind of think about how we can play this, right? Yeah, I mean, you definitely, that is, I, I looked that up as well as like how many times have we seen back-to-back down years? And it does happen. You know, we even, I think we even saw it uh, in 2007, 2008, uh, 2009. I think there's three years in a row there. Right. Uh, and we might have been potentially in for an, uh, another down year right before COVID hit. We were, I think we were due for one there, but they have the Fed happened to pump in five trillion dollars right. into the market when Bitcoin was at six K, shot it all the way up to sixty-nine. I mean, that's what five trillion dollars will do. Yep. Right now they're taking money out of the market, right? They're increasing interest rates in an attempt to slow down inflation. So this year, um, what I believe is we're gonna see a lot of big companies go broke. You know, ones that just they don't have a free cash flow coming through. And we're gonna see some names that you never thought you'd ever see go to business go out of business. Right. Uh, we saw it recently with Bed Bath & Beyond. You know, there doesn't look like they have any runway left and they're filing, filing for bankruptcy. You know, as people's money gets pinched, they can't be spending it in certain areas. Um, so that that's why I believe we're going to see. What I, in order to um, not go bankrupt, I think we're going to see companies try to raise money. So they're either going to dilute their shares, uh, they're going to issue bonds, you're also going to see some really attractive dividend yields. Um, you know, you'll see, a, you might see some stocks that are like, oh my God, this thing's offering 12%. That's just an, uh, an opportunity. They're trying to draw in investors, bring in additional capital. Right. But it's something I'd be kind of cautious of if I do see any companies raising their dividend yields. Uh, but I think that's what we're going to see this year. Yeah, and, and it's, it's important to note what big corporations are doing and how they're performing. And I think one, one trend we're going to see this year in the stock market, and you'll see this on the quarterly earnings reports, you know, Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4, corporate earnings are going to suffer tremendously. I think particularly in the early part of this year, um, because look, people are tightening their belts big time and it, and it takes a, it's, you know, it's a lagging earnings reports are lagging, right? So as families and companies and everyone is tightening their belts around the world, Companies are simply making much, much less money. Also, because of the supply chain crisis, things cost way more. So to operate your business, it costs more money. And if people are buying less things and it costs you more money to operate your business, whether it be driving around because of gas or shipping or whatever it is, you're getting hit from the revenue side and from the expense side. So bottom lines are going to get crushed. I do think that we may see this trend reverse maybe halfway or towards Q4, because we're gonna, we are already seeing and will continue to see corporate layoffs. And what will corporate layoffs do is slash your staff expenses, which is always one of the biggest expenses, especially for these massive corporations who are employing 50, 100,000 people. So I think eventually when the corporate layoffs go through, again, because earnings reports are lagging, possibly in Q3 or Q4, we may see that the corporate earnings start to rise again right. because they've slashed so many, so many people. And who knows? Maybe they're going to be replacing these people with AI. <laughs> yeah, very likely. Um, it's interesting, though, because if the, these layoffs occur, right? So the layoff occurs, big tech, we're seeing a lot of it. We're seeing you know Twitter operate with far less employees. We're seeing Facebook do it. I mean, we're still using the platform. They have 
50% of the employees they had previously, right? So yes, the company might, you know, remove some money from the bottom line. However, the people who are being laid off, where are they going to get the money to be spending on these platforms to still bring in revenue? Right. So we'll see, I think we'll see revenue still dive, but maybe they'll like their operating costs will be removed. It's a tricky period we're in right now, yeah. right? It's a deflationary recessionary bear market, yeah. which is two bad things at once. And last year, the S&P went down 20%. Um, I think it was the most difficult year from a rate of return standpoint for both equities and income mm. in the past 15 years. So, you know, it was, as you said earlier, it, it was spurred on by the massive bubble of the, you know, $5 trillion being printed. And then COVID, you know, it kind of made up for what was already kind of happening. And now because it, the bubble went so big, we're seeing the bubble pop far larger and in a more, much worse way than it ever should have. Mm. So there's a lot of things working against us right now. But look, it's cycles. This happens. If you're a long-term investor, 50, 60 years, you've seen these things happen. So I know it seems like gloom and doom, but try not to panic. And again, don't run away from the stock market right now because you're going to see some generational buying opportunities. One thing I want to uh, highlight in your point to AI. Uh, so one of my bold predictions is that Google loses to chat GPT. Right. Um, so I think there'll be a, there could be a bidding war. I don't know if anybody has bought it out yet. I know I've seen some rumblings about Microsoft. Mm. If this occurs, I can see Google being the tech giant that they fall loses. Yeah. Because, you know, I find myself now, I'm not going on to Google anymore to look shit up. I'm going to chat GPT. It's like, I got a sore throat. Like, what should I do? Yeah. Because you know? I'm getting a more, it seems like I'm getting a more accurate answer versus a bunch of different web pages and ads and ads that have some sort of weird incentive and all that shit. So I could see Google now starting to lose out to ChatGPT. I think that's a great point. Google must be shaking in their boots because this is probably the first real competitor they've had to their search monopoly in forever. Mm. Yeah. So that's an interesting point. I think when you talk about the stock market and predictions, we have to talk about what the Fed is doing, right? So we kind of alluded to in the intro, but we need to make sure that everyone knows the Fed. And if you looked at the notes from their last meeting, they maintain they're going to be raising interest rates until they see price stability, right? Yeah. So inflation is still far, far above where it was. It's coming down. However, there's no guarantee that inflation has peaked. Inflation might come down through Q1, Q2, and then spike back up in Q3. And if that happens, we're in for big trouble because they're going to continue tightening. If you listen to their comments from the FOMC, they're continually hawkish. They're rising interest rates. They're making borrowing money significantly more expensive and harder to do. And what that does is just continue to drive down the markets in general, especially growth tech, crypto, anything more speculative because they need to borrow money to, to, to survive. So I think it's just you have to keep your eye on the Fed. And we're always doing that. So if you want to like, you know, process what the Fed is doing quickly, make sure to follow us on Twitter or on Discord because we're always giving updates about that kind of stuff. Don't want to fight the Fed. Never do. I, I, I have two different ways of viewing the Fed this year. Um, one, I, I think people just get fed up with it. Fed up? Yeah. See what I did That's there? That's a good one. <laughs> uh, I think they say they lose. I think the Fed is losing credibility. And people are just like, fuck it. You know, I'm, I'm going to invest here. I'm going to invest there. And you guys say that this, this pivot's occurring. It's not. And, you know, all these different factors. Um, so one thing I think, one of my predictions is that they raise uh, their inflation target from 2%, maybe to 3%. 
um, to make it appear as though they did reach their goal. Right. Right. Um, I'm just on the World Eco- Economic Forum page right now, and they're saying that the U.S. Central Bank should slow interest rate rises, and this is what the Fed says. So I think there is a chance this year that we see um, maybe a pause to see how inflation reacts once the pause has occurred. Because right. if you over-tighten, then we can end up in you know a really bad situation, um, maybe uh, something like deflation, mm. which is also bad in its own right. So I think we'll see a pause sooner than later maybe not a complete reversal but a pause right yeah so it's it's one thing you have to keep your eye on is is seeing what the fed is doing and listen to their comments or you know just follow us because we kind of do the updates um and another thing which kind of ties into the fed and their comments which we should talk about briefly on this episode is the housing market so jerome powell the fed chair set publicly said a few months ago that he see he wants to see the housing market come down 20 percent, and i think we're maybe only come down about 5%, 5, 10% in some areas. So that relates to the stock market because, you know, equities, real estate, these are some of the pillars of the economy. And I think you were saying it earlier, that the real estate market lags the stock market. So as the stock market continues to fall, the real estate market will, cont- will fall behind it, but will almost accelerate the stock market fall because it's just, you know, your house is going down, people are selling equities because the house, and it's just, it's a domino effect, yeah, right? Yeah, they didn't cover, cover the cost of their mortgage payments, et cetera, right? Um, I was looking at the Canadian uh, housing indexes and they were still going up until August. Yeah. The stock market at that point had been falling for months. And then it was from August until now that the indexes are now beginning to fall. So that is a, a lagging indicator. So, and if stock prices have been con- continuing to fall for so long, I think we could see the housing market continue to fall thereafter because it is, you know, six to eight months behind the stock prices. Yeah. So I think that's, that's something to keep in mind as well. Um, one thing I've also got my mind on and, you know, it, people obviously, they, it's, it's kind of funny how, and I, I can include myself in this group, everyone, people just forget about things so easily. There's still conflict in going on in the world. You know, Russia, Ukraine is still happening. And China, Taiwan is still a very large threat in the world. So when you're talking about 2023 stock market predictions, you have to mention potential global conflict because this is kind of the black swan, hard to really, you know, see what's going to happen now. If you really want to get dig into either the China-Taiwan conflict or the Ukraine-Russia conflict, we've done standalone, epi- standalone stock episodes on both of those conflicts and how we think it will affect the market. So if you're really interested in that, check those two episodes out. But right now, I just want to say for 2023, we need to keep an eye on those two situations. As you know, we were talking about this earlier with Putin. What's going to happen with Putin? He's sick. He's going to die. That's my, uh, yeah. that's my prediction for 2023. Putin dies. All right. So Josh <laughs> is on record predicting that Putin will die. But hey, it's, it's like, it's not, I'm, yeah. I'm going to say likely, but it's a possibility. It is, yeah. And how will that affect the markets? Is that going to make the markets go up? I think it make the markets go up. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if that's, a, that's one of the, like a, a white swan event. You yeah, know, if yeah. that happens. Yeah. Um, another thing I think, you know, in highlighting the wars that have occur, occurred, I know they've, they've happened for years, uh, you know, back in the 30s and 50s, or sorry, back in the 30s, and all the other wars, that occurred, Afghan and whatever. Yeah. Uh, and the conflict between China, the US and Taiwan when it comes to semiconductors. We saw the rise of globalization for so long. I think we, my prediction is we start to move away from globalization 
And I think we saw it during COVID when there was a lack of supplies. You know, we didn't have the medical emergencies necessary um, to, you know, for the masks and all that shit. We had to rely on it to be shipped in. Um, remember, like, there was coverage of nurses having to rewear the same mask day after day. Right. Uh, you know, relying on semiconductors, you know, such a massive component for artificial intelligence, for phones, et cetera, for all these electric vehicles. I think if you're relying on uh, having something sent from China, it's not going to work to, you know, make the targets that you're looking for from an emission standpoint. So what I see this year is the end of globalization and more in-house manufacturing, um, especially with artificial intelligence coming out. You can, now you don't need to pay a worker 10 bucks an hour. You can just get a robot to do it. Yeah. So you can do it in-house now. 100%. Uh, I agree with that 100%. I think that we have reached the peak of globalization over the past few years and just everything happening politically with countries around the world. Uh, the, you see uh, the rise of nationalism again. You know, it's all about the country because, you know, we don't like this country. They gave us COVID, whatever it is, happened, there's war. So yeah, I think that's I think that's that's spot on. And another thing kind of along that line is is still what's going on in China. Like they were COVID lockdown economy was shut for so long and now they're reopening the country. So that's going to do two things. One, it may unleash a massive COVID wave on the world for Q1 and Q2 of this year, which will affect the markets if it happens. And two, the reopening of the Chinese economy will have an effect on a lot of industries because now you're pumping all these things and money and goods out into the, into the world, which may have an effect on inflation again. In a good way then what if, if they're pumping out, if they're pumping out a ton of goods but there's not a ton of demand because people don't have the money, then the prices would come down. It's hard to predict because maybe they're pumping out so much that the inflation goes back up again. It's, 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 a, it's a difficult one. I've read conflicting views on it um, because they don't know how it's going to happen. But it's, it's, again, keep your eye on what's going on with China, conflict, globalization, and nationalism. It's, it's definitely things that when you're in the stock market and you're looking for trends, it's something you need to keep an eye on. Uh, I was looking, so I was looking into what, what's after inflation. I was looking at possibility of what occurs through quantitative tightening and interest rate hikes and all that yeah. stuff. Uh, and def deflation. I think we could see a period of deflation that occurs this year. And, it be and then that could be another narrative that drives the stock prices down at some point. So with deflation, the price of goods drop because, you know, A, you don't have people spending as much anymore. They don't have a, the same purchasing power. And what ends up happening because prices start to drop, which we're going to see with the housing market, people expect prices to keep falling. So they keep waiting. So they're not actually doing any purchasing. Oh no, prices will keep coming down. Prices will keep coming down. But then that what ends up happening for these organizations is they don't actually start generating as much revenue as they need to. So they have to keep laying off. Right. So that's a terrifying aspect or something that could occur this year. For sure, yeah. Deflationary bear market, I think, is one of the worst things that can happen. And I have seen that term floated around by a couple of people on Twitter. So very real possibility. And it looks like that's probably what's going to end up happening. So, you know, I think maybe now we can kind of, you know, we've talked about this, a lot of difficult things happening. But as we said at the start of the episode, there are ways to play these certain cycles. There's, If you look at the past, there's certain sectors of the stock market that tend to perform well in recessionary periods, in inflationary periods, in deflationary periods. So maybe we can get into a few of those sectors and then give some stock picks to kind of say, look, if you're listening to this episode, maybe it's not all bad. Maybe I can still take advantage of the economic situation by investing in certain sectors that are going to outperform the market. Yeah, I mean, I, I said this in a pre <clears throat> previous episode that it was like my cheeky play. It was Netflix. Uh, because, you know, times of high inflation and people getting let off. 
they're not going to be out spending money. And the fact that they brought on those two uh, individuals from Snap to help make more awareness, they're cracking down on password sharing. They've added in a, an ad revenue model as well. I'm like, well, if people aren't going out and doing shit, they're going to be watching more Netflix. Mm. Um, since that play, it's actually gone up like 40, 50%. It was a very like left field pick yeah, yeah, yeah. for those who remember. For sure. Uh, but I could still see, you know, streaming platforms doing well because they don't really rely on the supply chain and yep. all that. And yep. people aren't doing, aren't, aren't out doing stuff. Yeah. Interesting. If you do research into, you know, there's this four market cycle stages and right now we're in early recession and we're going into full recession. So you can look at some of the typical sectors that perform well, and it's not always the obvious ones because you have to remember the market is forward looking, right? So it's looking like a year in the future. So contrary to what you may think, if you think about it is cyclicals tend to do well at this point in the cycle. So cyclicals, seasonal ones, cyclicals would be like airlines, restaurants, hotels. So, and I've started looking at some of these charts and they're looking pretty prime right now. Mm. So, you know, like a Delta or a Boeing or Air Canada, if you're in Canada and hotel chains like a Hilton or a Marriott and even restaurant chains like McDonald's or Yum Brands, which owns, I think, like a bunch of these different. And if you think about it, fast food, cheap food during a recession, people are tightening their belts. They're not going to expensive restaurants, fast food. So this kind of, I like that line of thinking. So that's one sector I'm definitely looking at. Mm. Um, something else I'm thinking this year, another bold prediction is Meta, uh, Meta or Facebook outperforms. Um, you saw that, you know, TikTok has been a topic of controversy in terms of, you know, it's spyware and all that. So was it, uh, house members can no longer have TikTok on their phone, which is great. The platform is burning young kids fucking brain cells. Yeah. Um, but I think as Meta kind of, if they make any additional, uh, movements towards um towards the metaverse that that is picked up positively i could see some tailwind there uh in addition to tiktok if tiktok is banned for whatever reason in the u.s there's going to need to be another streaming platform where people can create their content their video content and i also see that instagram has like they're rolling out uh like a subscription uh, model as well right so i could see that taking away a little bit from maybe like an only fans so i could see them with all the layoffs they've done saving a bit of money but also being able to add revenue from other sources due to these two factors interesting yeah that is an interesting pick um, other sectors to look at for recessionary periods and you know really tough times that we're going through we talked about this on our recession stocks episode which is another good one to check out our full standalone recession stocks episode um you know cheaply priced staples so retailers like walmart or costco or kroger or even things like procter and gamble or pepsi and coke you know these are the companies that are producing your everyday low cost products for families that are going to be tightening their belts over the next year and already have been and while other companies lose out revenue because families aren't doing anything else they're going to be benefiting because families are staying home buying from target buying from walmart so if you want to look at stocks that may you know, maybe maybe not give you crazy gains, but just hold up. Mm. Look to these low cost retailers and and uh, staples. I did have Walmart on my list because uh, they they do have a really good uh, free cash flow, which is something that we highlighted at the beginning of the episode. You know, you want companies to actually have a ton of money still coming through. For sure, Walmart is like one of those conglomerates that can weather the storm, but it's also pretty cheap. You know, they do sell food there. You know, they, Walmart has you can you can buy your bananas and your apples and all that shit, but they have purchasing power. Mm. right the little mom and pop 
retailers don't have that. So if some of the businesses, like I mentioned, go out of business and these guys have purchasing power, I could see more people kind of turning to Walmart for their cheaper goods um, or like a dollar store, or a dollar Ram, um, one, dollar yeah. general. So, and they also offer like a really small uh, dividend yield to like 3% or something like that as well. Right. Another um, trend that we've, we made a standalone episode about before, and we've been talking about a little bit now lately is, is metals. Mm. I think you're going to see gold and silver. I mean, you see central banks around the world are stockpiling gold at a rate that has never been seen before because they know it's coming during volatile times, during terrible times, you know, these inflation hedges, these volatility hedges, these recessionary hedges like gold and also kind of by, you know, association silver can see big runs. So we've been looking at, you know, Barrick Gold, there was GDL, GDLG we did an mm. episode on. They've been starting to outperform the market. And I think in 2023, as a prediction, I would say they will continue to. Yes, the BRICS um, countries, right? So you got Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. Uh, I believe Saudi Arabia was talk, talking about joining as well. Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> So good. Um, so they, they, they've all been accumulating gold at, at record pace. Right. It, ju- it was just reported that China, again, this previous quarter, has been gobbling it up. Um, and this leads me to think that there's like this war that's going on and they're trying to de, like de-dollarization of the USD and move to this new reserve currency um, to get away from the US. And that's, that's going to be like the economic blow so, like, war is a bit different, right? It's not always about missiles and all that shit. It's about crumbling somebody else's economy. So, it was back in uh, June that BRICS will be crafting a new international reserve currency backed by gold. Mm. So, I could see, you know, these are some of the biggest countries in the world for exports and, you know, uh, Saudi Arabia with its oil and whatnot. Gold could be an absolutely massive play this year. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of my most recent purchases over the past month has been Barrick Gold. You know, I'll put some money into that, and I, that, I'm going to hold it all year. Yeah, I uh, think that's a good call. Yeah. Now, going off that line of what you said about different styles of war, that brings me to my next sector that I've been in now for several months, and I think I'm going to ride it through 2023, is defense and infrastructure. So when you see spending for governments, for companies, all kinds of things during the recession go down, if you look at previous recessions, one thing always goes up spending on defense Mm. and wasn't there a massive bill just passed they said they were going to spend another however many trillion on defense so i'm looking at you know the companies that are producing all these missiles and the tanks it's like raytheon general dynamics lockheed martin those companies and as i said earlier there's a potential for more global conflict this year and if anything like that even is rumored to be happening these wartime stocks always go up. So I'm holding these in my portfolio and I think I will, it's a long-term 2023 hold for me. Makes sense, right? Anytime your back is up back against the wall, you know, if you lose your job, you become a little bit more irritable. Um, you know, we, f- we figure out that the media is being deceitful. So if the U.S. dollar starts to deep, like these other countries start to move away from the USD, people are being laid off, times of high inflation, People aren't going out and having fun. That's typically when a uh, conflict occurs. Yeah. Right? So it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And Unless Putin dies. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Yeah. yeah. Maybe the, the next guy, mini Putin, is going to be even worse. <laughs> um, another one that kind of goes along with staples and stuff like that is healthcare stocks. Mm. It's like, you think about a recession, you think about a depression, hard times. People are cutting spending on all the things they don't need and only spending on things they do need. 
So staples, you know, you have to buy yourself from Walmart. You have to buy your groceries. You still need healthcare. You still need all your drugs to make you healthy and keep you sane. So, you know, a CVS pharmacy or a Pfizer or a Johnson and Johnson, these are healthcare stocks that again, same line of thinking as like a target or a Walmart. They might not rip and go up hundred percent, but they're going to stay steady and maybe climb up a few percent and keep your portfolio up while still being in the market. Yeah. So I think that, uh, based off of historical data, and we talked about this a bit in the uh, crypto crypto predictions for 2023 is how many relief rallies we see. Uh, typically you see about an average of seven, uh, relief, relief rallies that occur. I think we could see, um, some, some relief rallies, but I also, um, caution that it is not the start of a bull market. So I think we'll see some really good relief rallies on any sort of hints or news that the fed is going to pause or, um, pivot. But again, from one of our, uh, most recent episodes is after the fed pivots and we see the greatest drawdown in the stock prices. Right. So it's, it's always like I saw the news event in a way, you know, exactly. Yeah. I mean, look, there's, there's a lot to think about in the stock. Do you have any other narratives or anything you want to say before? Just, I think, you know, uh, a lot of companies go broke. I think we're going to see a rise to the top. Like the cream always rises to the top. We're going to see consolidation. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think that this is the year the housing market fully collapses. Yeah. So there's a lot to think about. I know that was a lot of information we gave you, but if you want to keep updated, make things condensed, make it easy. Make sure to follow us on all all our socials, which are linked in the description, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Discord, all that. We keep up all these stock market updates, everything you guys need to know, always giving out picks, always finding the new narratives. So like, I know it's a lot, but we try our best to keep you updated. Yeah. So, hey, make sure you guys tune into the next episode because that one is going to be a banger. All views expressed by speakers on the Bean Pod are solely their opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed on the Bean Pod as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a specific strategy, but only as an expression of their opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only.